Collider says BritBox has TV everyone should be watching. Stream acclaimed series with powerful performances from Jodie Whittaker, Tamara Lawrence, Bella Ramsey and Matthew McFadden. Discover new BritBox original series you won't find anywhere else. Like Three Little Birds, Agatha Christie's Murder is Easy and a new chapter of BAFTA winning drama, Time. Stream what the New York Times calls the best of British telly, only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hello and happy, happy Halloween. Welcome, wherever you are, whatever you are doing. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick. And with me, as always, is the ghost with the most, but don't say his name three times, ladies and gentlemen, the captain. I won't. I won't do it. Can't do it. Won't do two shows in one night, babe. It's good to see you, and it's good to be seen. Thanks so much for telling a friend. Make sure you tell all your friends. Run around screaming at your neighbors. Give me some candy. Listen to True Crime Garage. Tonight at the Halloween party, we are drinking Oktoberfest by Brooklyn Brewing from Brooklyn, New York. That's the garage grade. How about we give it four and a half bottle caps out of five? Mm. This rockin' Brooklyn Oktoberfest was brought to us by some of our ghastly garage nasties. First, we have Noel in Grove City, Ohio. Hmm, that sounds like a wonderful little community. We also have Lauren in Spokane, Washington. And there's Elaine in Vistel, New York. Elaine says, nice jib. Nice jib back to you. Also, I don't, big- I don't know if we should call them our nasties. I don't know how nice that is. <laughs> it's oh, a Halloween nice party. It's, jib, they're nasty. ghouls and ghosts. You got a nasty jib. That's right. Also, we want to say hi to Stephanie in Indianapolis, Indiana, who says, keep up the good work, guys. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Gwenna in Long Beach, California. Also, Jason in New York, New York. He says he wants to buy us a keg. And he also says that his favorite mm-hmm. thing is heading to upstate New York with his dog and listening to True Crime Garage at night. Because it scares the hell out of him. I want to know more about this keg that he's going to buy. Mmm, like your jib. wonder what it costs to ship a keg. And last, <laughs> but certainly not Why least. Why not worth it for him? We have a very happy Halloween too. The Acid Cherry. Apparently that is one of our mm. listeners' code names. So thank you, Acid Cherry. Sorry, The Acid Cherry. And if you want to buy us around for next week's show, go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. Yeah, and while you're there, might as well sign up on the mailing list 
while you're at truecrimegarage.com. And so you may have guessed it, tonight is our big Halloween party, and we are going to take a little break from the Halloween action. I know you're probably going to hear this a couple days afterwards, but we couldn't get it out on that night. We're traditionalists. We had to have the Halloween party in the garage on Halloween night. So, But tonight we're also going to talk about our favorite true crime documentaries of all time. So we're going to get to that right after this. Oh, good one. So grab a chair, grab a beer. And let's talk some true crime. Maybe grab two. Maybe grab some candy. When it says take one, take five. Say Help yourself. Thank you so much. You've earned it. Thank you. Let's get in the garage. This is True Crime Garage. And this is The Halloween Show. This is a great tragedy that your kids was killed, but it's also another great tragedy that American citizens, anybody today's public, can just be picked up for a crime they didn't commit. Everybody in the town and in the courtroom and on the jury are all blinded by their fantasies about satanic cults. hiring an attorney. It's not to protect you. My job is to find the truth. All kinds of red flags started popping up. She starts telling us these things that just didn't add up. Save the American icon, Tom. That was suspicious to me. And this woman's husband had just been found dead. And there didn't seem to be any sadness whatsoever. It means that I am the ultimate figure to fear because I'm not the obvious one. The girl known as Foxy, not everyone is talking about it. From as long as I remember. I wanted to be someone else. We had no idea what kind of person we were getting. 
He had changed so much. There was just something wrong about it. About 15 buildings here have been abandoned for quite some time. They did a lot of searching for the kids here. Specifically for Jennifer and I believe Holly Ann. Growing up on Staten Island, Barbara and I had often heard the legend of Cropsey. You're supposed to have a hook and axe with a knife about this big. Cropsey was the escaped mental patient who lived in the tunnels beneath the old abandoned Willowbrook Mental Institution, who would come out late at night snatch children off the street. Twelve-year-old John Gosh had been delivering papers in this affluent neighborhood of West Des Moines. That was the last time he was seen. The parents believe the boy is alive and has been kidnapped. Johnny, we love you. We're waiting for you to come home. We're doing everything in our power to get you back. Take care, babe. Thousands of people have been searching for the boy, but nothing... All right, this is some Halloween party we're having here tonight, Captain. Yeah, can I get anybody a drink? Maybe some candy? Uh, the captain made a uh, scary hairy buffalo. I tell you, I had a, I had a sip of that a few minutes ago, and I fell right over. Well, I thought there were going to be more people in the garage, but well, there's just me and you. It, it's always just me and you. Well, and you know what? I was surprised that I sent a few invites out to some celebrities, and mm. uh, I'm really surprised not to see them here. You know, Johnny Depp, I, I talked to him, and he said, you know, I'd love to make it out to the garage for your halloween party but i'm busy with the hollywood vampires i'm on tour did it kind of talk like he has a a little bit of a british accent well i couldn't tell if he was just just can't make it tonight i couldn't tell if he was just putting me off you know that if he was just like kind of trying to be nice but not really being nice well rachel mcadams the invitation is always in the mail i also sent a facebook invite to your good friend anderson cooper but in traditional anderson like fashion he didn't even bother to respond I yeah, can't, I mean, said, come on. He said F off. <laughs> That's what he replied. Well, Anderson Cooper, maybe next year. Okay, so what we decided to do since we're, we talk about a lot of uh, creepy cases and it kind of gets us down a little bit. And these are some creepy cases, but what we're going to be talking about today in the garage is our top 10 true crime documentary list. Yes, and originally we agreed that we would each come up with our own list and we would mesh them together and we would, you know, come up with an ultimate garage list. But, uh, of course, we could not agree on any of these things. So uh, we're just going to go with our different lists. Yeah, we agreed on some of them. A couple of them them, lined up pretty close, I think. Yeah, but then there there were some that uh, were not on my list because I never seen them. I haven't seen them yet. And there's some that you haven't seen or some that you didn't remember while Mm -hmm. you're making the list. And uh, so it's not fair to make this uh, complete list. So we're going to have your list, my list, and, and a bunch of honorable mentions. Yeah. So if you are listening at work, we want you to encourage you to join in the Halloween party with us. 
put a little vodka or a little whiskey in your coffee or something and just get, a tiny bit. Yeah. And stop working. Just get like a pad of paper and a pen and write down all these true crime yeah, documentaries. But how about you pull a George Costanza and get underneath your desk and just relax a little bit. Yeah. And pull out your little alarm clock. Enjoy yourself. Make a little bed. Sit back and relax. All right. Without further ado, how about we do our top 10 list? All right. But let's start with the, uh, some honorable mentions. Hmm. So this is this is Good a call. this is a great show because one through our social media Twitter Facebook Instagram all that stuff if we missed a documentary please let us know about it oh mm-hmm. uh, I mean obviously we can't list all of them we're just kind of going over some of our favorites but please let us know about some one that we might have missed because I mean this is how s- sometimes we get um, involved into a case mm-hmm. as we watch a documentary or through a recommendation uh, somebody says check out this documentary on Netflix or whatever and then we do a two-parter like last week this is what happened with the uh, Johnny Gosh case if you haven't listened to part one and part two uh, just stop this one I'll finish this one and then go back and make sure you listen to both of those those are great episodes I think do you have any honorable mentions for us captain yeah, hold on. <laughs> so where where are my notes? Uh, the first one, which we you hear in the trailer, this one I find to be pretty interesting. The Jinx. Yes, of course, that was a widely popular one that HBO covered not too long ago regarding uh, Robert Durst and uh, did he kill them all? You know, is what it left us all asking. And yeah, uh, this this is where the documentaries are going to be. I believe in the future going to play a bigger part in the actual case itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time, like, and you'll see this throughout the list. A lot of times these documentarians get involved and because of that and because of the hype and because of the public pressure, you actually get some results that you wouldn't have got before. And in, in this, uh, in this documentary famously, He's he's wired for uh, sound. Well, we got to try not to. Uh, no, we don't want to give gotta, it away. <laughs> we got to watch anyways, out for the spoilers. The the well, I'm the king of the spoilers. Uh, anyways, it's it's an interesting documentary, and if you haven't checked that out, well, I recommend the, that. the gist of it is this: I mean, we have this guy who's he's he's raised in a wealthy family, and he he is somewhat successful himself. Uh, their f- family's involved in some kind of real estate in New York, and but mm-hmm. throughout his life, people around him keep dying um and you know you got to figure out the jinx that's why it's called the jinx is this some kind of curse is this a curse that he carries with him or the people around him are cursed uh or does he have a hand in this so uh check out the jinx that's a good honorable mention we also have uh cocaine cowboys yeah, I have. I've only seen clips of the Cocaine Cowboys, but I I've saw heard the, good things. I saw the first one. I I think this came out in two thousand and six. This was about the Miami drug wars from the seventies mm-hmm. and the eighties, and I believe that they did a, a follow up, a, a Cocaine Cowboys two. But I've not seen that one. Uh, and the one that I have not watched yet, and it's been on my list to watch for a long time, is the Staircase. I have heard a lot of things. I've heard a lot of good things. But to give it um, credibility, I've seen it, and it's it's a really good one. Uh, there's the the situation is this: so there's this um, there's this gentleman. Um, well, you can decide if he's a gentleman or not. Uh, he's a <laughs> retired uh, military, and I I do want to point out we're going to talk about each one of these documentaries a little briefly. That way, you can decide which ones you want to watch. Uh, but however, we are going to go off of memory because obviously we didn't have time to sit down and watch 10 or 12 documentaries 
just to tell you all about him. So this gentleman, he was in a retired military. Uh, I believe he may have served in Vietnam and he became an author. He wrote something, uh, you know, wrote about some of his war stories. Uh-huh. And he had a wife that, that dies a uh, uh, accidental death on the stairway. But it's they're trying to figure out, was this an accidental death or was this a murder? So, right. Um, it, yeah. The, I mean, I've just heard a lot of good things. And uh, it's de- like I said, it's been on my radar to I check think, out for a while. I think that was an eight parter. And I want to say that may have been uh, like a Sundance film film festival some kind of award winner that that's the problem is sometimes these documentaries are so long that it's like people go ha, uh, the listeners will say hey have you checked this out yet and i go no and they go well it's only eight parts it's like well but we got to work on a show for next week yeah yeah but for the for everybody out there a lot of these are easy to kind of binge through you know um yeah i think i watched the staircase even though it's eight parts i think i watched it in two nights um uh, we also got um, Into the Abyss and Central Park 5. Yeah, so Central Park 5 is about an old case from uh, Central Park, New York. Um, and that was, you know, years ago, there was something with the uh, teenagers. Um, and there was they were kind of rioting, um, loosely rioting and terrorizing citizens in Central Park. Mm-hmm. And a, a woman, uh, I believe she was jogging uh, and she was attacked or or raped by this group of teenagers, but it's it's been speculated over the years: are they innocent, or did they actually commit this crime? So that's that's a good one, and Into the Abyss as well is a good one, and that is about a um, uh, the after effects of of a person having committed a crime and uh, the the prison sentence and and life in prison afterward. All right, let's get into our top ten list. Starting with number one. No, of course that's not how you do these things. Starting with number ten. Mm-hmm. What's your number 10? Number 10, I have Cropsy. Have you seen Cropsy? Yes. I Now, I haven't seen it all. I've seen parts of it uh, because I feel like I missed something. Like I started it, then I started again, but I think I missed about 15, 20 minutes. Okay, but so. did Cropsy make... See, here's the interesting thing here, Captain, is we've not fully reviewed each other's list. So mm-hmm. we may have some on, on your top 10 and mine as well. So as we go through these, you you mentioned if if that made your list as well. Did Cropsy make it somewhere in your yes, top Yes, it 10? made my list a little higher. Um, Who would you give it? Well, I'm not going to give that away right now. We'll, we'll go your top 10, my top 10. Leave us in suspense. I love it. Yeah, so anyways, it got uh, 90% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, 62% from the audience. So kind of a drop off there. So 90% from the critics... 62 from the audience. Yeah. So critics loved it. The half the audience loved it. I loved it. I was in that half that loved it. Uh, this was, this was a story about, uh, well, we have Joshua Zeman who grew up in Staten Island. He is the, uh, documentarian that, uh, he did Cropsy and he's done a couple others. Mm-hmm. Um, he grew up on Staten Island and he had always heard this story about Cropsy. And well, what was Cropsy? Well, Cropsy was the last name or the name given to a, maniac who had escaped from a uh, mental hospital and he was out snatching kids off the street and killing them. And Josh grows up and he, he learns that, you know, actually when he was a child or when he was a teenager, there was a girl taken from his neighborhood. So this, as he grows up and he realized that there was a uh, man named Andre Rand uh, who had actually been on trial for killing a couple of kids 
And what Josh wanted to figure out was kind of the old chicken or the egg scenario. You know, what came first? Was it, was it the legend of Cropsey that came first or was it uh, Andre Ran who, who was the, you know, the real life monster? Yeah. And I think a lot of times with uh, documentaries, for me at least, it's you like the idea of the story. Maybe not so much, you know, the, the, the filming of it, the soundtrack and all those stuff, they play a part. Mm-hmm. but I think it's really more the idea uh, or the case itself, if you, whether or not you like the documentary. Yeah, and it's neat, too, when there's somebody that's from the area can tell you stuff about the area that you would not have known, that, that some other guy or girl couldn't have just walked in there uh, and, and presented it in that way. Uh, so check out Cropsey. What was number 10 for you, Captain? Uh, capturing the Freedmen's. Okay. This was done in 2003. And Rotten Tomato rating of uh, 97% and 89%. It's rated R. The running time is uh, 107 minutes. And what's fascinating to me is I I believe that this documentary is done by one of the older sons. Uh, It's basically this documentary about this the uh, the dad. And the youngest son get charged with these heinous crimes. And then it's like going through the whole scenario. It's fascinating. What I find about it is it's it's very unnerving. It's like once you see this documentary, you can't unsee it. Okay. Um, but I just remember I you know, was studying jazz in college. And I had this guy that uh, would just come into every rehearsal just going on some rant about whatever. And he was ranting about this documentary he just watched. And I just remember like writing it on my arm. <laughs> like I need to find this documentary. So it, it, it was fascinating. If you haven't seen it, Capturing the Freedmen's is a definite uh, one that I think you should check out. I have not. And I'm going to go ahead and jot that down on my arm to make sure that I watch that. Uh, number nine for me, I have The Imposter. Yeah, this is a, this is a really good uh, film, good documentary. This is shot really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very cinematic. They actually reenact a lot of the events using the actual characters from real life. So they'll take scenes that happen that don't they don't have footage for, and they reenact them using the actual people. And this has a lot of twists and turns in it. When just you know you think you're heading down one path, and woo, they take you down another way, and then woo, they take you another direction. So. Uh, this was uh, the imposter. This was the story of Nicholas Barkley. He was Barclay. He was a uh, a young boy that was has gone missing, um, and they've not found him. But then three years later, they think that they found him in Spain. Yeah. Um, and this this person comes forward that's about three years older, and they start talking to him, and he's reunited with the family. And I'll just let you. I'll let the 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 listeners check it out from there. We don't want to go. Yeah. Too the imposter was done in uh, 2012. It's been making a, a big buzz because it's on Netflix. Now you can check it out on Netflix. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, 78 from the, uh, from the audience rated R and the running time is 95 minutes. I'll tell you what, that's probably one of the most recommended ones that I, as far as people recommending uh, true crime documentaries to me, like mm-hmm. every couple months, somebody's like, Oh, have you seen the imposter? Oh, you have to see the imposter. And yeah, yeah, I, I think it's definitely it's uh, 
It's definitely worth checking out if you haven't done so already. Number nine for me is Amanda Knox, which was done in 2016. Mm-hmm. Had a big buzz because it was a Netflix, I believe, a Netflix original. Yeah. I'm not, don't quote me on that. Well, it's um, on Netflix. I yeah, think. it's on Netflix now. Uh, no ra- uh, rating on this one. Runtime is 92 minutes. Uh, 89% and 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. I like this. Visually, it's just beautiful. Tons of scenes. And this is a case that has been recommended to us a bunch. Mm-hmm. Cover Amanda Knox, Cover Amanda Knox. is a case that I'm not really familiar with. This is one of those cases, you know, Anderson Cooper, um, Nancy Grace. A lot of people, when this case blew up, when it did, tons of news coverage. Those, to me, cases like that, um, Amanda Knox, um, a million other ones, OJ, when they become this like pulp culture nonsense to me i normally start tuning out Mm -hmm. so i didn't know much about the case so for me it was it was a great documentary to watch i have a really good understanding of the case now i think and also when people suggest these cases after watching this document documentary i don't feel like i have much to bring to the conversation do you find that you that you end up having a better experience when you have no idea about the case and then you sit down and watch a documentary or do you find that it's a better experience to be to know of a case and be excited that there's finally a documentary about it? Uh, I think for me it's just not knowing anything mm-hmm. and then when you go in, you know, then you start learning but what you will learn through time and time again uh, there's always holes in the story. Mm-hmm. And look, they're putting together an hour and a half documentary on this, uh, on some kind of crime, just like our shows. People will constantly say to us, oh, you missed this part or you missed this thing. Well, we're putting together an hour, and hour show on a case. I mean, we are going to miss some things. Yeah, so, yeah uh, sometimes there's a lot more to cover than just one hour. Uh, and we do have to skip over some some of the smaller details. Yeah, so number nine for me is the Amanda Knox. I think it's, you know, it, visually uh, they did a great job. And like I said, I have a better, clear understanding of the case. So number eight for me would be um, the case of JonBenet Ramsey. This is the three-part miniseries that was done by CBS, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was done in 2016. Th- this was just uh, recently Reason, and yeah. very recently. And not only within like the last, what, six weeks or two months maybe. Yeah. And uh, this was kind of funny because you and I had recommended this to each other almost simultaneously. Yeah. Um, you know, I said, oh, there's some new John Bonet stuff coming out. And you said, oh, you got to watch. You got to watch this one. That it, And neither of us had watched it before recommending it to the other. And as far as cases go, I mean, if somebody asked me to do my top five cases or even top three cases of all time, cases that I've looked into over and over and over and over again. Uh, this would be one. John Benet Ramsey case has always really, uh, you know, baffled me. You have some really interesting characters in this miniseries. You have um, Henry Lee, mm-hmm. which is has some connections with the OJ case. Yeah, Henry um, Lee is the, um, he's been involved in a lot of the forensics as far as uh, physical evidence goes and, and how a crime could take place and the movements of the people and why there's blood here and not blood there. Uh, sure, if you've had to have seen Henry Lee before. Yeah, I think the thing about this uh, miniseries or documentary, uh, I mean, 
on Rotten Tomatoes, 16% with the audience. So it's very low. I don't know if that's because they just don't believe the theory that they came up with. But I thought what was bold was this, it's this panel of people, you know, experts, panel mm-hmm. of experts. They come up with this theory, which is not an original theory, but they add a lot of details to it. And then they make some pretty uh, damning claims, so much so that they're now lawsuits. If you have not <laughs> seen this, I would recommend this for sure. Yeah, it didn't make my list, but I loved it. And it didn't, it, you know, sometimes when you watch something on TV and it's a three-parter like such as this, you kind of forget that it's actually a documentary, you know. And, well, and that's my thing is I kept on thinking, well, it was a it was a mini series. It was mm-hmm. a TV show, technically, a TV series. Should it make the list? But it, yeah. it is, by definition, a true crime documentary. I think you picked a good one. Uh, number eight for me was uh, the very famous, ever popular uh, Making a Murderer. Yes, which uh, I the, still have not seen. Which is the Stephen Wright case, and, and I'm sure there's people sitting in their garage at home booing you right now, but you don't <laughs> right, need right. you don't need to boo the captain because, uh, you know, like we said, he's seen some that I've not. Uh, this one, I, I I've read about this, this and I've also listened to a lot of podcasts about the case. And, and, and here's the thing for me. I think it was... Uh, cinematically it was well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looked good. Uh, the music was great. You know, the way that they put everything together, it's kind of a, a collage, you know, uh, and, and I, I found it extremely entertaining. I kind of begrudgingly liked it because right. I disagree with, uh, with their theory. Um, and it, it made me put off watching it for quite some time. But I did enjoy watching this one because I thought it was so well done. Right. Uh, it, it's a little skewed in my opinion, but um, uh, this is still on my list to get to. I mean, I mean, uh, we started a true crime podcast. I don't know if you know about this uh, true crime garage, mm-hmm. and the biggest true crime podcast probably of all time is Serial, and it took me uh, at least a year or so to dive into Serial, which which was bad for me. I mean, it took weeks off my life of researching the case over and over. So that's probably one of the reasons why I've stayed away from that documentary, but I probably should watch it. Making a murderer on rotten tomatoes. We get 98% by the critics and 95% by the audience. Of course, this came out in 2015 and they are making a second uh, go around of this. Yeah. Yeah, Second season of making a murderer. Again. Yeah. This is technically, technically classified as a a TV show Mm -hmm. and not a documentary, but as we all know in the true crime world, it's a documentary. Yeah. We're very loose about the rules here in the garage. All right. Let's get back to the list right after this quick beer break. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about monopoly go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. 
Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. How about another Oktoberfest, Captain? Because you know what? These things expire uh, as soon as as soon as soon it turns November. So you have to drink them all up before the end of October. It's I, the last I, I night. Happy Halloween. that's how it works. That's how it works. We have like three hours until mm-hmm. my Cadillac turns into a pumpkin. All right. All right. So what number are we on? We're num- number seven. We're at seven, sir. Go. Uh, I'll start with mine. Mine was the imposter. So I had it a little higher than yours. Um, again, we don't really need to talk about it. We already talked about it. So that's my number seven. Your number seven, sir, is... Me, I had an old one. This is a, a oldie but a goodie. It's called The Iceman Tapes, Confessions of a Mafia Hitman. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it got 84% by the audience. Uh, this one came out like in the... Don't quote me on this. I want to say early 90s. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, this one I saw on cable when I was younger and, and it was like very eye opening to me because this guy was a true psychopathic killer in every sense of the word. Right. It's a, it's about, uh, Richard K- Kuklinski. Mm-hmm. Um, say and that fast after all those October. Fests. Yeah. Let's, let's not say it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was a worked for the mafia as a hitman, and he offed, sometimes he just off people that he didn't like. Uh, but it, it was, it was crazy to me because when I was younger, I always thought that, you know, you had serial killers and I understood that there was a mafia out there, but I saw this when I was probably 11 or 12 years old. And I was right. like, I was like, Oh my goodness, there's this guy that that's his job. He's, he's, he just has no problem killing people. Like maybe lots of people. Maybe he turned his hobby into a living. Maybe that's what it was. Could be. He's a, I mean, he's, that's why he's the ice man. He is cold. He's a cold blooded killer. Yeah. I've seen this before and I've actually listened to a bunch of interviews. I believe they had some stuff on coast to coast on this back in my days of traveling around and mm-hmm. listening to coast to coast at night. I believe they talked about the ice man before, but I believe I've seen this. I didn't have it on my list, but again, like you said, it's this weird thing where it's like sometimes, I mean, it is a crime. It is a true crime. Uh, I it didn't register in my brain, but it, it's definitely, I definitely recommend it as well. So let's get to my number six. Another one that we don't have to talk about cause we already did Cropsy. I, ha- I, you know, like I said, I, to me, it was just the idea of, you know, uh, a small town boy. Here's some rumors. Is there some truth to it? And dives into it. A little bit of armchair detective type stuff. I just like the whole premise of the whole thing. And if you have not seen Cropsy, it is on Netflix. So go check out uh, Netflix with uh, Cropsy. All right. Your number six is? The Devil and the Death Penalty. This is mm-hmm. a um, this is an interesting one. This is about uh, Roy Norris and Lawrence Bittaker. Uh, they were known as the Toolbox Killers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were serial killers in the 70s. These were some of the worst of the worst. Why do they call them tool, toolbox killers? Well, because they, they would travel around in a van and they would abduct these teenage girls and they would torture them using things 
in from their toolbox. Okay, I shouldn't have asked. You, you that. should not have asked because it, it, yeah, you're you're stuck thinking right, about this, that for a while. This but beer is tasting great now. Um, but the other part of this, you know, it it's just as much about the two killers as the kind of the failed death penalty in California. You know, these guys have been on death row for so long. I think. Now, forgive me, because it's been a few years since I've watched it. I'm not certain. I think Norris might have passed away due to, like, natural causes or something like that while he was. But I know Bitteker is still on death row to this day. And he was, like, convicted. These crimes took place in the 70s. And and all that tax money to keep him alive and all that tax money to all the um the legal processes they have to go to through the appeals and everything and i think that when this you know the the guy that created this documentary he grew up somewhat where in the area mm-hmm. and he had returned to his hometown and he kind of like started asking people about oh do you remember lawrence bittaker and he just assumed he would have been executed by then right and it it blew his top to figure out that they've not killed the guy yet the state the state that i live in that co- that condemned him to death has not killed him yet. And we're talking about, I think at the time when this came out, there was like seven or 800 people in California, in the state of California, still on death row for, for crimes they've committed a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen this documentary. So it being so high on your list, it's something I definitely want to check out. It's a lesser known one. All right. So number five for me. Uh, I think that's where we're at. This beer is getting in the way of me keeping track. Uh, I have Who Took Johnny, which we covered the John Gosh case uh, last week, a two-parter. I was surprised to find out that this was uh, done in 2013. It was 2013? Yeah, I mean, it's it's seen a kind of a resurgent with it being on Netflix, but unless that's a typo... Uh, this, you know, basically this kind of set around for three years, but now it's getting some buzz. Like I said, we did a two-parter on that. It doesn't have a Rotten Tomato meter like overall. I believe it's just an audience. That's uh-huh. 84%. This is pretty short. This is uh, 76 minutes. So you can, you can kind of dive into this. Uh, the reason why I like this one so much is... I, I, it's kind of, here's what's tough. Did I enjoy watching it? I don't know. I, and now I know that sounds what does that ridiculous. Mean? Go, go ahead. But it's like I immediately watched it and immediately started diving into the rabbit hole. Oh, see. I so see it's like, did I love the documentary? I don't know. Like the story I, didn't end for you when the documentary was right, over. Just you went immediately going going, into Sherlock yeah. Holmes mode and like Googling things and look trolling yeah, the internet. I, I had a three hour long conversation about this case last night on the phone. It's like it just keeps going and going. And, and there's. There's so much that the documentary actually misses. Uh, weird things. Again, the documentary is 76 minutes. We did a two-parter on it. There's a lot of weird stuff to talk about. And even in our two-parter, we missed some weird little things that happen. Whether they're true or not, I don't know. But we, we missed bringing those up. Yeah. You know. But uh, I think it's such a fascinating case. And... If you haven't heard of the case, it's a great way to dive into it. I have it a little higher on my list. It did make my list as well. But one of my favorite things to do, I don't watch a lot of TV or a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. But but one of my favorite, oddly enough, even though it's one of my favorite things to do, I enjoy watching things with other people because I like to get their perspective afterwards. I like to have the little conversations yeah. afterwards. And so I asked somebody to watch this documentary with me who took Johnny 
And I was a little worried because when you when you sit down and you're interested in something and you know you're excited to watch it, right? You want the other person to have a pleasurable experience as well. Uh-huh. And you know me, being well, not me. I want to watch something. And I want somebody to be bored out of their mind. <laughs> well, get up and leave, but leave me the popcorn, right? Go go get me a sandwich while you're bored. That's all. I'm, that's all. That's <laughs> that's what you want out of life. No, no. I'm just uh, there. But. What I want is the other person to be entertained. And oh, of course. Yeah. I was a little worried because you know me, big true crime dork. I knew I was going mm-hmm. to be entertained. And I asked this person to watch it with Biggest me. Biggest dork. And I, true crime dork. At some point, like halfway through, I'm the kind of person I can get up from a movie or from a documentary as long as I keep an ear out and can hear what's going on. I don't mind walking away from the screen for a second. Right. I went to the fridge to grab an Oktoberfest. And in the process, I stepped in front of the the screen. Yeah. How dare I? I the the other person was so into it. I got I, I kind of got a little got a little yell there. They're like, "Hey, hey, come on, door, move yeah, out of the yeah. way." Yeah. They should have hit you. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, it's a it's a good film. I definitely uh, check that out. What is your number five? My number five is Dear Zachary: A Letter to a Son About His Father. Uh, this came out in 2008. I watched it on vacation uh, a year or so ago. <laughs> what a nice thing to watch. True crime on dork. True crime. The, the, the sun went down and I decided, hey, what a good night to pop some popcorn and, and have a couple beers and true crime it up. Uh, it was 2008. True crime and chill, I think they call that. Running time is about, I think it's 95 minutes. And this got a critic rating on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes of 94% and an audience rating of 96%. So the audience was was even better uh, than the critics here. Now, this one is a, I'm not going to lie to you, Captain. It's very entertaining, extremely yeah. entertaining. But it's also, it's probably the saddest one on my list. Uh, this one, I can't remember if I choked up. I can't remember if there was a tear rolling down the cheek. Yeah. Uh, but there was definitely the old lump in the throat was getting me a few times. And this is about a, a, a guy that grew up uh, with, with another guy and they were friends. Okay. Good friends. The one guy goes on to be involved in, in Hollywood or in films somehow. Yeah. So when he's growing up, he's always, he's always behind the camera, you know, and he's, asking his friends to be, you know, act out a skit for us, do something funny. So yeah, he's very Dawson's Creek. Yeah. He's always, he's always interviewing or filming his friends doing things. And one of his friends grows up to, he's unfortunately becomes a murder victim mm-hmm. and they have a lot of old footage of this, of this guy. I don't have his name in front of me, but he has a son uh, and his name is Zachary. And so as an adult, he wanted the young son to know his father. Yeah. And so he started piecing together uh, things that he had filmed about his father, as well as documenting the crime itself. Um, and the the thing that one, it's I mean, it's interesting. Uh, not I wouldn't say as much from a true crime perspective, uh, just from a documentary perspective. It's it's extremely entertaining. And the victim in this crime is he. I mean, he could have been, he, I think he could have been a movie star. He had a great personality. Yeah. He, he was very charming. He was naturally funny. Like uh, the captain. Yeah, he was good. He was just great on camera. So I recommend Dear Zachary, a letter to a son about his father. All right, let's get to number four. Let's start with your number four. My number four was one that you had already mentioned, Who Took Johnny? All right, so you had it one one spot higher than me. Yep. 
Uh, so definitely check that out again. Like we so, said, so, on so somewhat of a general consensus there. You have it five, five, I have it four. Yeah. And I think, you know, as people are yelling and screaming, oh my God, that shouldn't be 10 or right. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is the list. I mean, if I woke up tomorrow, the list would change tomorrow. The list is going to change six months from now. I mean, as far as like, it's always like when you just look back on it. And so when, when I was going over my list, I kept on thinking like, what was the anticipation What did I feel right afterwards? And that's kind of hard to remember. Uh, Again, I have it so high, and I couldn't even tell you if I liked the documentary. I just dove into the case so hard. Well, for me, my top three were pretty set in stone. Like It was easy for me to write down my top three. And after that, I knew of seven others that that I loved. Right. But, but they're, like you said, they're almost interchangeable with one another. If I, you know, a week from now, they could, you could flip my, my number 10 Cropsey with I, number four who took yeah. Johnny. I was actually surprised by my number, th- my top three. I surprised Ooh, myself. Again, leaving us in suspense. In okay. Suspense. So number four for me yes. is uh, finding Emma Philipoff, which another case that we covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a case that I recommended. Uh, we get listener. You know, listeners will uh, recommend cases to us through social media and the website and stuff like that. You can also give us a five-star rating on iTunes and and leave us a little uh, recommended case for us there. But there are times that, you know, you'll present a case to me. Hey, I I know of this case. It's really interesting. Let's talk about it. Uh, This is one that I actually um, brought to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And it was actually on a list like this master list of one of my friends said, Hey, here's some interesting cases. And then I also found it again. It was on like uh, mysterious disappearance cases. Again, if you haven't listened to our episodes on that, go do so. But uh, documentary, I don't know if this is a documentary or not. It's by fifth estate. I watched it on YouTube. Uh, that's the only way I know how to watch it. Um, it's like 45 minutes. It's pretty, right. it's almost like a dateline special. Um, I couldn't find any, uh, raining, uh, rankings or ratings on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, it was one of those things as I'm watching it quickly wanted to start diving into the case. And, uh, it's one, of you know, one of a case that still fascinates me mm-hmm. today. And, and one of those things where if I see anything posted about this case, I immediately start, you know, clicking forward and trying to check out. Still baffled by it. So that's my number four. Uh, number three. Well, I'll start with mine. Sure. Okay. I have West of Memphis. This was done in 2012. Um, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 87. That's the audience. Uh, it's rated R. Uh, runtime is about an hour and uh, or 146 minutes. Now, this is a film about uh, the West Memphis Three. And to me, it's part two of the famous documentaries, mm-hmm. the the Paradise Lost. To me, it's just the fourth installment. Gotcha. Um, but it is it is done very differently. Uh, Damien Eccles and and some of the other members of the West Memphis Three are actually involved in the production of this, and, and they're producers of the case. So there is definitely an argument that the opinion of this is uh, a skewed. But like I said, um, the, I was reading some reviews on it, and one of the guys said it's you know it wasn't watching a film; it was kind of just more like watching a TV show. 
Hmm. Um, that was his opinion. I could see that. I thought it was good. I thought it was done nice. But again, there's some skew viewpoints, you know. But it's just such a fascinating case to me that to me, it's the it's the part four, you know, after the trilogy. It did it did not make my list, uh, and not because it wasn't good. I mean, it's just you can't. Uh, you wouldn't allow me to squeeze uh, 13 documentaries into a top 10 list. Well, right, let me, and rightfully so. Well, let me tell the viewers what happened. Okay. Right? So we, we, we decided that we, we knew about a month back, this was your idea. You said, Hey, let's give the listeners two episodes and ho- for Halloween. Mm-hmm. So we had cases lined up and then we started talking about this, who took, you know, Johnny Gosh case because of the documentary. And then we kind of moved some things around. So we were supposed to, we were going to release it, uh, the Halloween special on the Monday, but we decided, well, we'll do John Gosh. We should one, finish up John, John Gosh. Yeah. Right. And then we had a, a producer friend of ours say, uh, you should have did your Halloween episode on, on, on Monday and then did part two on Wednesday. I thought one, that's a cruel joke. Cause you get you, oh, you're waiting for part two. And then you see yeah. that we put out a show and it's not part two. The other thing about it too is anytime that we're diving into a case, you got to really stay focused on that case. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of my friends will tell me, you're, you're documentary ass is what they say because they'll say, check out this. And I say, I can't. Yeah. And it's, and it's not because I didn't want to watch my, my buddy told me to check out who took Johnny for weeks, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. We're on cases. We're on to the next case. And sometimes if you watch this documentary and you go down a rabbit hole, it's going to affect the episode for next week. So, um, anyways, I'm losing my train of thought. You, you went, you went, you I just went keep way going outside. And going and uh, going. You were talking about what had happened. We talked to, we set this up about a month ago that we were going to come up with a top 10 list. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so the thing was, we said, <laughs> we're going to do a top 10 true crime documentary list. Mm-hmm. Top 10. Yeah. So then Nick right. tells me, uh, text me over the weekend or whatever. I sent you my documentary list. Yeah. Top 15. Top 15. <laughs> I'm like, we said top 10. Top 10. I couldn't stop. I started writing the list and I was like, oh, this one, this one. Because when you get to 10 and you're like, oh, that's the final part of the list. But I got like three other things, you know, yeah, four or five other things. Well, we get asked a lot what documentaries we like. We get asked a lot what are our opinions of those documentaries. So we just thought it would be kind of a fun thing to do. And then we wouldn't have to dive into a case and, uh, you know, for Halloween and stuff. Give us a little break from the the goriness that we have to mm-hmm. deal with. Well, and my quick take on the West of Memphis documentary was I like I said, it didn't make my top ten list, but I liked it a lot. And you're exactly right. The fourth installment, that's the that's the best way to describe it. I don't know that we really need to tell a whole lot of people about this one. I assume it's been watched by the masses. Um but for me, my first takeaway is it's kind of a more updated, bigger budgeted version of the Paradise Lost trilogy. Yeah, it doesn't have the same charm, I don't think. So what, what's your number three? My number three came out in 2014, and it's called Killer Legends. Have you heard of this one? Uh, this is done by the same guy that did... Cropsy. Yeah, Cropsy. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Joshua Zeman, and uh, this came out in 2014, Killer Legends. It's uh, 85 minutes long. Audience score, only 50%, which is very I surprising think, to me. You said Zeman? Yeah. Yeah, I think he needs to drop a little bit of money into the beer fund. 
because <laughs> we're promoting all his movies on our show. Well, just drop a little money into the beer. Well, I actually I spoke with him about uh, a couple of his documentaries and one that he has coming out. Uh, he has a, a show coming out called The Killing Season, which will be on A and E, and it starts uh, November mm. twelve. Uh, but I wanted to get his take on some of his documentaries, specifically, you know, Cropsey and Killer Legends. And and Killer Legends, uh, I filled out this list before I knew I was going to talk to him. Uh, and after I saw my list, I thought, well, you know, I, I should I should ask him about uh, some of his, his documentaries. And he, you know, this one is great, Captain, because I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. You grow up and you hear about all these different urban legends you know there's the we spoke about when we covered the uh, phantom killer you know the the man with the hook right. you know the hook hand guy uh we also talked about uh you, um what what's famous right now in the, in the news we have these clown sightings right right that's yeah. a weird thing right with all these clowns that are scaring children or they're in parks or they're in the woods and they're scaring people uh-huh. so what Joshua did was he set out to to explore these different urban legends. And he wanted to see if there was any truth to, you know, was there a crime that happened somewhere a long time ago? And at some point the, the real life story manifests itself into this urban legend. Right. Right. And kind of like with Cropsey, I mean, similar thought. Yeah. And, and but it's a different urban legend. He covers yeah. on this one. Yeah. He's able to track some things back. Like, you know, the, the, the poison Halloween candy or razor blades in the Halloween candy. Yeah, razor blades. He was able to, to, to track that back to a case that took place in Texas. Uh, the old, uh, babysitter you know the blade the babysitter's watching the kids and she gets a strange call and oh the the calls coming from inside the house you remember that urban legend he traces that back to some real life crimes when i was a banker uh, i had this lady that would come into the bank all the time little old lady she may be like four foot five and she had a pink walker and uh she always well i can't i'm not gonna say my she but she called me mr edward edward and I go, I couldn't understand what she was saying ever. But she told me one time, she goes, oh, you have a nice trick-or-treat. And, and watch out for the razor blade and the candy. That's strange that she called it Edward. Because you're, you're Captain Jones. I, Captain, she's not even Captain close Rogers. To Captain Rogers Jones. <laughs> but the thing was, is so every time I would see her, all I could think was, uh, y'all watch out for the, the razor blades and the candy. Anyways. I hope Ruthie is doing okay out there. All right, where are we at? I just gave my number three, Killer Legends. Okay. And, and, that, I, one's and on, get, that one's on Netflix as well. I have not. I'm going to write that down on my arm. You're going to love that one. That one's because you're kind of, cons- you, you're into conspiracy theories Captain a little bit. Conspiracy Theory Jones. You you love the rabbit hole traveling and this Rogers. is. This is a very, uh, this is very Captain-ish. All right. So let's do your number two. Okay. This is another one that I want to check out that I have not seen. Your number three and number two. Right when I saw your list, uh, I actually wrote these down because I thought well, if they're so high on your list and I haven't seen these, I'd probably enjoy them. My number two came out in 2004, and it's called Eileen, Life and Death of a Serial Killer. This is about Eileen Warnos. Uh, she was a female serial killer in Florida. She's There's- best known as monster right yeah they made the the theatrical version of her life was was monster with charlie's theron yeah um and this this one is incredible and i can't remember the the guy's name but you'll see him in the film Mm -hmm. and you'll recognize him he's done a bunch of documentaries and ken burns no (laughs) 
It's not him. He, he went and did jazz, and he did baseball, and then he went right to true crime docs. I believe Eileen Warnos killed six men, according to the court system. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is filmed after she's in prison. She's on death row in Florida. And But there's it's crazy because there's all kinds of drama that's not involved with her crimes. There are people that are trying to get close to her because she is be, she's become famous right. because she's a serial killer. And there's all these people that want to make movies and write books about her. I mean, they... The people came out of the woodwork and they were just throwing money around like there's no tomorrow. And she had a, uh, a def- you know, she had an attorney who uh-huh. was probably taking money from different people to sell her story. She had somebody, a friend that that uh, that she didn't know until she was on death row who adopted her. Um, and she had a she, she had, had a, a friend that adopted her. Yeah, you can you can be a, legally adopted in some states, even if you're an adult. Hmm. Um, well, the captain. So if you want to adopt the captain, just uh, write into a, a contact page at truecrimegarage.com. But only if your garage is bigger than this one. We're not moving into a smaller right. garage. <laughs> That's right. We need to adopt the captain, Roger Jones. So check out Eileen Life and Death of a Serial Killer. Yeah. Now, what did you think of the movie Monster? Did you enjoy that? I did. I liked the movie Monster, but this uh, this is this for me is... I mean, it was tough. Uh, this by far, you know, this is a great number two. Uh, and it's, it's a documentary that I've watched a few times. It's the kind of, it's the kind of movie or film that if you turn on the TV, if you're flipping through the channels and you see it, you kind of have to, you just stop and you end up watching it again. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I've watched half of the, the documentary or the whole thing. What was number two for the captain? Uh, One that did not make your list. Um, a soaked in bleach mm. again, maybe because I, I, I do like the conspiracy side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, this was done in 2015. Uh, I think this is what's so weird. So, uh, the rotten tomato meter is at 30%. Unless I wrote, unless I wrote that down wrong, but it says 30% and 77% from the audience. So a big yeah. jump. Um, this is not rated, um, runtime is about 90 minutes. Now, basically what's happening here is Courtney Love, a couple days before Kurt Cobain's uh, body is found, uh, she hires a private detective. And one of the things I really like about this story is it, he answers the phone on, on a holiday mm-hmm. and he, he's writing the stuff down and he doesn't know who Kurt Cobain is. It was Easter, I think. He answers the phone on Easter Sunday. Yeah, but it's like he doesn't know who he is. Now, and the, this is, uh, you know, a, yeah, the reason why I I enjoy that part that he doesn't know who. Well, first of all, he doesn't know who he is. He's probably the most famous rocker at the time, one of the biggest icons, you know, mm-hmm. that generation's John Lennon. You know, a lot of people were just idolizing this guy. Doesn't know who he is. And uh, having a father, you know, that was in law enforcement and stuff and and didn't know who celebrities were or famous musicians, people that were making a mark on on people. So the fact that he didn't know who he was and then it became the biggest thing in this guy's life, this guy he's never heard of. And and the other thing that I really like about this. okay, I don't want to try to sell too much on why it should be number two, but. There was a lot of hype, and I would constantly see this in YouTube feeds for years. That t- they were talking about the making of this this documentary, 
I mean, years beforehand, I knew this movie was coming out. And so as it got closer and there was actually a definitive date, because like for a year and a half beforehand, there was no definitive date. And uh, when it was coming out, I believe I paid for it on pay-per-view, but I had some friends that were really interested in checking this out. And the, the other thing I love about this is he takes all these tapes as he's hired by Courtney Love. He takes the, you know, they have phone conversation. He records them and then they reenact the tapes. Now I was listening to Joe, Joe Rogan actually talk about this and he said, well, I don't know if you can believe it or not. They have actors doing whatever and they're reenacting, um, little scenes. No, they're not reenacting the scenes. Those are actual tape recordings of the scenes. And then there's actors portraying those characters. And there are some scenes that are reenacted, but for the most part, you're actually getting to see this footage or to hear this audio footage. Now the problem is, is there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours of audio tapes and they're just they're picking and choosing what you get to listen to, but I wasn't a, necessarily a huge Nirvana fan by any means. Um, I thought you know, there were a good band and everything, but it wasn't like you know uh, he was like the second coming of Christ for me or anything. Or but, uh, Lennon, you mean? And he wasn't <laughs> well, and he wasn't the second coming of of Lennon right. Lennon for me. Um, but I've just always been. But I don't know. I think once people started, and I think when it happened when I was a kid, I didn't understand, like, okay, he killed himself. And there were some rumors that maybe she was involved, but I didn't really care or look into it too much. But for some reason, this uh, Soaked in Bleach was always on my radar. And so I was really excited when it came out. Uh didn't disappoint me. Um, one of my friends would not shut up during the whole movie. They kept on going, that's fake rain. It's fake rain. Uh, duh. But if I, but if I watch scenes back, but no, even the outside scenes, there's outside scenes that it's like CGI rain. Right. I, yeah, I could tell. Yeah. But I was like, but it wasn't until she started bitching about it that it like just threw me off. And I was like, uh, I, I wish they wouldn't have had that. But, uh, it's, it's definitely an interesting case. And I believe if you just think that he committed suicide, it's enough to start making you think, Oh, Possibly, possibly. It, it made me second ga- second guess the whole suicide. I'll be honest with you. And um, part part of it for me, and probably maybe why it gets sometimes these things get a low rating, as you said, if the, if people don't agree with their with the theory that's being presented. Yeah. Um, and for me, that that was kind of the situation here. I thought it was well put together. Uh, it was entertaining to watch. The fascinating part of it to me was just what you said, the tapes of Courtney Love talking. And she's this with is some of these recordings are within days of Kurt's death. Uh And so you're getting a um, you're getting a very quick reaction to to maybe one of the biggest tragedies in her life. And it's well, and it's authentic, too. and it's interesting to hear if you you know you're you're when you're listening to her, you're trying to decide mm-hmm. is she being legit here, or am I supposed to be reading between the lines? You know, is she is she just putting this on? Because at right. sometimes she does sound very guilty of something, uh, in on those tapes, and other times she just sounds like a grieving widow. Uh, but mm-hmm. it but it is definitely interesting. It came very close to making my top ten. 
Yeah, it's def- definitely if you have an evening and you're and you haven't seen it, uh, I definitely recommend and Soaked that, in Bleach. That was 2015. Uh, is that one on Netflix? I believe so. I don't know. See, it's weird with the Netflix because I just got Netflix. Mm-hmm. I just got hip to the Netflix, and there, you know, you can search, and there's tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I kind of just always just browse what they're kind of recommending. Except for that, they had this stupid kangaroo movie that I, like Kangaroo Jack, that I didn't. Oh. No, here's what happened. What else are you watching that it recommends Kangaroo Jack? No, no. I, I, I was looking up the documentary called Jocko. It's on this oh, okay. famous jazz bass player. It said Jocko. I hit play and it started playing this Kangaroo Jack, which I stopped within like a minute. But it's on my playlist that I played, and it recommends me some ridiculous stuff because of Kangaroo Jack. The people at Netflix are having fun with you. <laughs> I keep, so I've sent them 300 emails. Can you please take this off my playlist? <laughs> I was really proud of my playlist. I thought it was, you know, pretty. Uh, I mean, other than like the new girl, I'm I'm pretty proud of of the shows that are on it. Excellent. Number one, have we reached number one? It's time. It's time for the number one. It's time for number one. Drum roll. Hold on, not a drummer. Wait, wait. We actually both had the exact same number one here. We, yeah. Uh, which, weird. Well, you know what? I don't know that it's entirely weird. I kind of suspected that, that this one would be up there pretty high for both of us, that it would fall into the one or two slot for both of us. Uh, but the other, the other advantage that this one has is it's a trilogy. You know, it's kind of... It's kind of teamed up on, ganged up on the other ones. You know, right. it's it's one documentary versus three. And one case that's always fascinated us and, and every all the listeners know, West it's, Memphis 3. It's Star Wars. It's <laughs> trilogy. Uh, mm. Well, West Memphis 3 has always been one of our favorite cases. And mm-hmm. uh, we discussed it on this show, of course. But so the Paradise Lost trilogy is the number one for the both of us. Uh, and the first one came out in 1996. That was the um, the first one. It was the Ch- Child Murders at Robin Hood Hills. Uh, Revelations was part two, which came out in 2001. And then Purgatory was the third and final installment in that trilogy. And that came out in 2012. Right, the same year that West Memphis... you know, part, West of Memphis. West of Memphis came out, which you could lump that together with all this and call that the part four. So Paradise Lost, uh, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. By critics or audience? By critics. 93% by critics. Again, that's a pretty high number because this is a a case that there's a big division. Mm -hmm. And the funny, there's a big division, but it constantly goes back and forth. You constantly have these, and look, I'm guilty of it too. You watch a documentary and you go, they're innocent. You watch something else, you go, they're guilty. Yeah. Then you hear something else and you go, they're innocent. Uh, so no, no, uh, raining, ranking, not ranking, rating, rating on that. And, uh, this beer, man, it's a really good Halloween party. It's funny too. I wish they could see our costumes. We dressed up. It's just, you know, but anyway, yeah, you're kangaroo Jack and (laughs) I'm Batman. Uh, the, 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 the paradise lost for me, man, it's, it's, it's my favorite. Uh, I could watch it a hundred times. I may have watched some of these close to that. Uh, you know, when we did the, when we discussed the case about three weeks beforehand, I, I ventured back and, and watched these again. Uh, the first one, it grips you right away. Like as soon as, 
as soon as you hear the Metallica music in the yeah. background, mm-hmm. uh, and and for me, there's a couple of Metallica songs that I cannot hear to this day without immediately my mind going to some of those images from the Paradise Lost trilogy. Yeah, and I will say though, for for someone that if there's anyone out there that's not seen these before, uh, I think the third one was quite a bit less watched than the first two. But if there's anybody that's not seen these before, it's not it's not a lot of investigation. No. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's more of you are being introduced to the parents of the victims. You're being introduced to the accused. Um, yeah. and it's a lot of their personalities, uh, especially the first one. You're, you're seeing the, the initial reaction to a horrible, heinous crime. And, but at the same time, you're wondering, are the, are these teenagers, that are being accused are they are they actually innocent or are they guilty and and why are they being accused you start asking yourself why at some point well in the little trailer that i made with the different clips of the documentaries i mean damien eccles says it pretty i think brilliantly is yeah there's a tragedy there's a horrible tragedy of three kids being murdered the other tragedy if it if if that's the case is that anybody and this country could be arrested for a crime that they didn't do. Uh, now these guys claim their innocence. Again, a lot of you got to look at is there evidence? This documentary doesn't do that. I think the I think West of Memphis kind of makes it more about evidence and and some other speculations. But I think some of it is. Um, I didn't. I don't think I. I think I watched maybe parts of one when I was younger. I didn't watch it in 1996, but when we started going to talk about this case, I've always seen a bunch of clips, but to actually sit down and watch all three of them. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is just nostalgic. I mean, 1996, I, I was roughly, uh, uh, Damien Eccles and, and, and three, the West Memphis three, I was roughly their age, you know, uh, big into Metallica Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of nostalgic, to it uh and i think that's what makes me so interested or fascinated with those documentaries i tell you what i could watch 20 hours of mark byers all you know just take away everything from the case i could sit and watch mark byers for hours and hours uh but yeah the uh, well they're fascinating to watch now because you know hindsight is 2020 i mean these these three boys get out you know on an alfred plead but to go back and watch what happens and then go back and to watch not only um, all these parents, what they say about these three boys, but how that changes over time. I mean, and some of those documentaries, they're claiming, hey, I, you know, I'll be at your grave. You're a, you're a son of a bitch. You're all these things, right? But then years later, we know that some of these parents, with because of evidence, they're on the side of the West Memphis Three now. It was a big, big culture shift, you know, because of these documentaries. Well, and with it being Halloween, too, we should point out that there is the famous scene with uh, Mark Byers shooting a pumpkin. You know, he's got this big giant pistol and he's standing about 20 feet from (laughs) it and he's just shooting bullets into a pumpkin. Yeah. And screaming, this is for you, the West Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is for you. 
But the cool thing, the the great thing, not only the Metallica music is great, but the but the other mm-hmm. great thing is it's like grainy and gritty, and it doesn't look like overly produced. It, it's not that Hollywood, right? Yeah. It's not Hollywood at all. And I the first time I watched it, I watched it when it was on HBO when I when I was younger, and it it blew my mind. I couldn't stop watching it, and it 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 felt like the first uh, reality TV thing that that I had seen. You know what I mean? The the uh-huh. first one that had sucked me in like that, and I couldn't quit watching it. But yeah, grainy, gritty, it's uh, the best. Yeah, like you said, there's not going to be tons of information about the case. I, I'd really argue that if you watch it, like once I did the research for our episode on the case and then I watched it, I kept on thinking, there's no information. There's about 10 minutes of evidence in each one of the three movies. Right, so it's kind of confusing. It's not uh, like with um, the Amanda Knox case and, and some of the other cases that really kind of or the case of uh, John Bonet Ramsey, those documentaries really lay out a solid timeline, some solid evidence, what is what you could argue as far as what evidence is, um, and what is speculation. Uh, these documentaries don't do that, you know. So, uh, but I think they're fascinating, and I and I I think even a year from now, if you ask me what my favorite, I think that'd probably be. Always, maybe number one. Yeah, for me, because it was, it was the, one of the first ones. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one that really um, brought brought this subject to my attention. Well, and while we're on this subject, I'm uh, same for me. It's still going to be my number one for for maybe forever. And but uh, recommended reading, we can't do recommended reading after we talk about all these documentaries you should watch. So for this week, we're going to do recommended viewing. Uh-huh. Go to our website, and you can we we're going to have the uh, Paradise Lost trilogy. They have a little three pack box set that you can get. You can get that through our Amazon banner. Pick that up today at no extra cost to you. It helps the garage. And the captain really wanted candy corn, but it was not in the budget for this year. Uh, so pick that up through our website, truecrimegarage.com. Nobody likes candy corn. Yeah, you can get anything through Amazon, and they just give us a little kickback uh, on the website. So, again, thanks. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the top ten list. Do we want to run them down real quick? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So mine is Capturing the Freedmen's, uh, Amanda Knox, number nine. Number eight is The Case of John Benet Ramsey. Number seven is Imposter. Number six is Cropsey. Uh, number five is Who Took Johnny. Number four is Finding Emma Philipoff by Fifth Estate. Number three is West of Memphis. Number two is Soaked in Bleach. And number one is the Paradise Lost Trilogies. Captain, I enjoyed your list. I'm going to check out, uh, you had a couple on there that I have not seen. I'm going to check those out. My list, number 10, Cropsy. Number nine, Imposter. Number eight, Making a Murderer. Number seven, The Iceman Tapes. Number six, The Devil and the Death Penalty. Number five, Dear Zachary. Number four, Who Took Johnny. Number three, Killer Legends. Number two, Eileen, Life and Death of a Serial Killer. And of course, number one is The Paradise lost trilogy i hope everybody had as much fun at our halloween party as we did and i hope you enjoyed our list if there's any on there that you've not checked out make sure you check those out uh, i do want to give a, a, a another thank you to joshua zeman for taking time to discuss his documentaries with me and remind you to check out his new show the killing season which is about the long island serial killer case yeah uh, and it's starting on a and e and that takes place it will start november 12th it's a um it's an eight-part series, so check that out. 
Uh, yeah, that's going to be a really good one. And hopefully maybe we can follow it and do a, you know, kind of a, you know, recap, like what we thought of each episode or something. He said, he, he told me watch a couple episodes and give him a call back. He'd be, he's, he said, we're going to have questions. He goes, this is going to blow your mind what you're going to see with this case. Yeah. Yeah. So that's- I'm interested in it and we got to get back to our Halloween party. I know that a little bit later, the captain is going to karaoke, yeah. the monster mash. It's been requested. It's a mash. It's a monster mash. <laughs> Uh, but thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, we hope, hope everybody had a happy and safe Halloween. Don't forget to get out there and vote next Tuesday. And until then, be good, be kind, and don't litter. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.